Hey, you're here with Dr. Jody, and this is Anxiety. I'm so done with you. I am so excited about this podcast. It's an accompaniment to my book by the same name, Anxiety. I'm so done with you. It's a teen's guide to ditching toxic stress and hardwiring your brain for happiness. Because that is what we're going to do in this series. We're ditching that freaking toxic stress and hardwiring your brain to generate happiness every day. This is what you do. You read or listen to a section of the book, then come on over here and listen to an episode where we're going to go a little bit deeper, give more examples, and tell more stories. I want to give you everything you need to be sure that you find your way out of this horrible anxiety cycle so that you no longer have to suffer. Please leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That'll help me get in the ears of more people who need this series. Mental health problems are skyrocketing, especially among teenagers, and this series is going to change the tide. Welcome to this episode, where we're diving deep into Chapter 1, Section 6, Your Basic Fears. As you've read in this section, there are three basic fears. They are the fear of being trapped, rejection, and failure. These are fears that are underneath all of our problems. And that might sound weird. That might have surprised you. Hopefully, I explained in this section how these three basic fears are related. And the way that they're related is that underneath each of the three of them is the ultimate basic fear, a fear that you're not worthy or unloved. And this is really, really important for us as humans because we are social beings. Humans want to belong. If we get any sense that we are unworthy of that belonging, it is devastating to our psyche. All of our interactions that seem like a problem, all of our lost opportunities or all of our struggles all of our nervousness, all of it, if you unpack it and you unpack it, is related to these basic fears and to this ultimate basic fear, the fear of being unloved or unworthy. That makes sense. On social media all the time, we are looking at memes to remind ourselves that we are worthy. It's acknowledging that sense that we all have that we're not good enough. It is a pervasive feeling in our culture that we are unworthy. All of us feel it, whether it is conscious or unconscious. I read this book one time and it was talking about humans have a shabby self-esteem. You are not the only one who has a shabby self-esteem. This comes from Western culture. It comes from colonizing culture that has all of these expectations that we need to be good enough, smart enough, rich enough, light enough perfect enough, cool enough, kind enough. Everything has to be exactly perfect enough. But those expectations are completely unrealistic and we can't even achieve those, even if we tried. Expectations are technically designed to make sure you don't fall short. You want to meet them so you're not considered inferior. But unfortunately, in reality, they pressure us to act superior to others. And they make you feel inferior, worthless, and inadequate anyway. Also, we don't even know how to define these expectations. We don't know how high you have to be to meet them. Like, what does perfect look like? 
And so we try to overshoot our assumptions of perfect to make sure we're perfect enough. We humans are so attached to belonging. We're driven mad watching ourselves fail when it's our expectations that are at fault and not us. This attachment to belonging is totally understandable because as our brains were developing and as our psyches were developing for millions of years, we needed the community or else we would die out there. We needed to belong. And there are many times over those millions of years that if you were rejected by one person, you'd be rejected by the whole group. But in modern times, we could be rejected by one person and we still belong and have other people that are kind to us or nice to us. However, inside us, in our brains, we still react like we're going to die if we're left out of the group. I'm sure you could relate to all of these basic fears and you could see the examples of them in your own life. So we're going to do an exercise together. And this is the exercise at the end of this section of the book, but I want to do it together because I want to illustrate how it could help you. In the world of business, this is called a root cause analysis. When you're trying to uncover and figure out a problem, you're unpacking it to see what causes what. To start the exercise, think of a story from recently that has upset you. It's great to get something recent or get something that's not that bad to start this process. It is always good when you're doing a new practice to start it out with something that is not high stakes. You want to really get that practice in before you start it with something harder. That is a mistake that so many people make. They don't try a skill till they're really upset and desperate, and then they say it doesn't work. You have to practice it when you're calm so you can hone that skill. So when you're upset, you already got it. So think of a current or recent story that has upset you. Bring it to your mind's eye. I'm going to be quiet for a moment so you could bring it into your consciousness. We start the unpacking by asking you why it bothers you. Why were you upset? Once you've uncovered what bothered you, you could ask yourself what bothered you about that. Then you could ask yourself what bothered you about that. And with each thing that you uncover, you ask yourself subsequently what it was that bothered you about that until you come to the root of the fear or the root of the problem. You may be wondering, is all problems fear? At their very, very base, yes, at the very base of all of our problems, everything that's going on in our life that upsets us, at the very base, we are upset that something that is precious to us has been lost or threatened. Let me say that again. At the very base of all of our problems, we are upset that there's something that is precious to us, something important to us, something we give value to has been lost or threatened. So if we're grieving something, obviously something that we loved is lost. If we are afraid we're going to lose something and we're upset about it, or if somebody's invalidating something that's precious to us, you can see in these examples how all upsetness is a threat or a loss of something that is precious to us. 
being trapped is a loss of freedom, loss of autonomy, loss of ability, and loss of control. Rejection is obvious that somebody rejecting you or making you feel like you're unworthy. What's lost is your worth or your sense that you're enough. And failure is obvious too. When you fail, you lost success. So when you do this process of thinking about your problems and unpacking it, and then unpacking it again and unpacking it again to get at that basic fear, then you want to ask yourself what it is that was important to you. What it is that was important to you that may have been lost or threatened in this problem. What was devalued? What was dissed or dismissed? When we unpack any problems, we will always find that thing that is precious to us that we do not want to be threatened or devalued or lost. Once you know what it is, then you could do something about it. You could validate it or lift it up or reconnect to it. I know you're probably thinking, what if you lost something? How do you reconnect to it? You could reconnect to its influence over you, what it meant to you, or you could honor it in some way to give it meaning or value. Okay, back to the Western standards that influence our unrealistic expectations about ourselves. These Western standards of being good enough or perfect or in control, they're plaguing our hearts and our minds. And when they're unconscious, they have more power in our lives. They lie to you about yourself and hurt you. And they have hurt people all around the world because they are the mechanism that gets people to colonize other people by trying to hold them up to some standards of, quote, being civilized or independent or individualistic. Another way to see it is if you had a childhood bully who told you how terrible you were and how stupid you were all the time, after having an experience like that, even when they're a long time out of your life, you pick up the torch and tell yourself the same mean things as if the bully is still there. But you're the bully. And for the expectations, we think society is telling us what we have to do, but we're picking up that torch again and putting that pressure on our own selves. And that doesn't match what our hearts and souls want. However, when we make them visible and know what they are and how they affect us, then we can make conscious decisions to decrease their influence on us, on our lives, and on our relationships. That's how we decolonize our mind. It's the same way that we need to decolonize our communities. We decolonize our communities by fighting against inequity, any discrimination, any racism, or any oppression that makes people feel less than they are. Decolonizing the mind means letting go of those high expectations and knowing that relationships are how we thrive, knowing that we don't have to do anything alone and we can take care of ourselves too. That it's not selfish to take care of ourselves. That taking care of ourselves is taking care of our families and our communities. Because we are not separate. Whatever we do for somebody else, we do for ourselves. And whatever we do for ourselves, we do for somebody else. That understanding really changes how we relate to guilt and fear. Because while we're talking about the basic fears, We're also talking about guilt and shame. When you unpack these three basic fears and that ultimate fear of not being good enough, they're all the same. Shame, guilt, fear, they are all the same. 
being afraid that you're not good enough, or being ashamed of not being good enough. At the very core, guilt, shame, fear, they are all the same. And I'm not even going to get started on guilt in this episode. I know we have to talk about guilt. We will. We will talk about guilt. It is important to talk about because it is major. Because I learned in the last 26 years of practice that the guilt that people feel, the guilt that they do not even deserve, they don't even begin to deserve, that guilt causes more suffering than anything else in their lives. So we need to talk about it and we will talk about it very soon, just not more in this episode. So back to the ultimate basic fear that you are not good enough. To deconstruct this fear, we have to decolonize our mind. We have to decolonize our communities and we need to decolonize taking care of each other. And we have to start thinking about interdependence as thriving. Thank you so much for listening to this episode where you learned about the basic fears, rejection, abandonment, and failure. Plus, you learned how to decolonize your mind in your communities. For starters, by deconstructing your unrealistic expectations on yourself. Once you visualize them, you can consciously write realistic and expanding goals for yourself that are doable, achievable, connecting, and help you thrive. In the blog post that goes along with this episode, I share more resources for you on how to set smart goals. The link is in the show notes. I appreciate you for subscribing, commenting, and rating me with five stars on Apple Podcasts. In the next episode, we'll be covering that dang stigma. So read chapter one, section seven, and I'll meet you there.